Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Bovada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. The head odds maker at BovadaSportsbook.com is none other than Patrick Morrow. Patrick, uh, back from a week off. We missed you, buddy. Oh, you know what? I missed you guys too. It was some really good, you know, R&R, got to see the parents, got to spend some time away from a computer. People do that in 2021. Very exciting stuff. It's a hot as hell summer in Canada, but- But you uh, had your phone. You did not go away without your phone. You were on the internet. You saw emails. Give me a break. Listen, you know, the, the Wi-Fi is not so good in Brantford, Ontario. I, I did spend some time uh, downtown Toronto, and yeah, the, the internet was a little bit better there. I tried to disconnect, but you're right. Uh, gosh, with these phones, uh, every buzz, every, you know, screen light up, uh, you can't completely disconnect anymore. But uh, it was the closest that I've gotten in the last 16 months. I'll take it. Oh, I'm sure. Sure it was. Well, welcome back. Uh, you are definitely welcome. Um the Olympics are coming and coming and coming by the end of this week. If you're listening to this, when it's released by the end of this week, the uh, opening ceremonies are getting underway and there's plenty of events. We, I do want to ask you about uh, how people bet for an Olympics and, you know, what are some sure things and, 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 and big time moneymakers for both Bovada, but also for, for, for fans. But COVID continues to be the biggest story. And, you know, just yesterday, the Tokyo uh, organizing committee said, you know what, if it gets out of hand, we might have to cancel this thing. You know, I was against college football. I thought that college football was in this position where I didn't think these programs were protecting the kids in this situation. I am worried. I am genuinely worried. Someone's going to die from this thing. And that's my fear. There are enough people involved with the Olympics that are not vaccinated. And if you're vaccinated, you may still get COVID. And that's a separate aspect altogether. I am genuinely fearful that there is going to be a death related to these Olympics. Yeah, I mean, God God help us if that's the case. But you're absolutely right. The numbers are staggering. Uh, You know, COVID is ravaging its way through Japan right now. You mentioned, uh, you alluded to this idea that, especially in Japan, there's not a massive uptick in people getting uh, their doses and getting that kind of extra coverage. So, I mean, yeah, you you have people coming from all over the planet into this one hot box. And we've already seen before ceremonies have even started. Uh, athletes sent home, I think, uh, we're up to more than a dozen now at this point. And that's, you know, just as of this recording, that'll probably be outdated, sadly, by the time this goes live. And I mean, that, that's really tough for us as odds makers. That's really tough for, you know, it, it's really tough for the athletes, though, as well, Seth. And this is something uh, just because you reference college uh, football. Those, those are amateur athletics. And I get it. College uh, football is amateur athletics. And so is technically, technically, for the most part, a lot of Olympics. But this is a conscientious choice that a lot of these athletes make. And I think I, I think it's tough. You know, I think of the I think of the college players last year saying, you know, let us play. And how much playing sports like that and being part of that kind of community and having that kind of, you know, to the extent that it was a constructive sense of normalcy in their lives meaningful to them. I think for these athletes, this is the laser like focus, maybe the one thing a lot of them have been focusing on for the last four or five years because this got delayed. Uh, So I I don't really know what they should do at this point. I I think everyone's kind of there. I think what's going to happen is going to happen, Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. You know, we certainly don't see anything hospitalization, death, 
But, uh, you know, God, I, I, just, I don't even want to see any more dropouts, though. It really breaks my heart, Seth. And, uh, and selfishly, also, as an odds maker, it's really tough for us at Bavada as well to be constantly updating these odds and keeping on top of this uh, when athletes are dropping out or perhaps even whole teams may be forced to drop out uh, the longer this goes. Yeah, the South African soccer team. Um, there have been three members of Team USA's basketball team. Uh, there's been a gymnast, and everybody doesn't know how close the contact is with all the gymnasts. I, I mean, it's not like we're harping on one story. Mm-hmm. This is not like, oh, they had a COVID party at Alabama. Like, it's it's different. It's It feels different. It feels like uh, it's running rampant. And again, don't forget, the games haven't started yet. I feel weird for the broadcasters. I feel weird for the, the people, the journalists that are covering it. In the United States, NBC is a rights holder, and they are literally talking out of both sides of their mouth. And I'm not blaming them. I, I want to be clear. Like, they're doing the best job. They'll be like, uh, state of emergency. No one's allowed outside. Hey, did you see the the the, 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 the volleyball team? And I'm like, oh, my God. I, it just, it's just, it's really hard to rally. You have been doing this for a while. Are more people betting on these games than in the past because more people have access to technology? More people are still in that frame of mind. They developed better habits during the course of the pandemic. I mean, can you compare these these Tokyo games to Pyeongchang or if you want to do an apples to apples, compare it to Rio of 2016? Yeah, so looking back at uh, or looking back at those events and comparing them to our current betting handle and a lot of uh, what we're seeing right now on just an absolute insane amount of events uh, in this Olympic Games, um, it's it's a little bit lower than the last Olympics so far, and I, I think that's a lot of things going on. I think that's uh, perhaps not wanting to tie your money up into events that may not actually take place. Uh, you know, you and I have been talking uh, going back to the spring about will these Olympics. Uh, you know, actually even take place. Well, the opening ceremony, that was the prop that we continue to reference, uh, you know, maybe one out of every three, four shows, just to kind of give the listeners an idea of, you know, will this actually take off? And we we still kind of have that prop sitting right now about 85% will the opening ceremonies take place on time? Well, that's just getting us to the start. That doesn't mean that we're going to stick the landing to borrow a gymnast term and actually get through the full event uh, without more cancellations or perhaps an abandonment of the rest of the event if things really, you know, just take off on us. So I, I think what we have seen is, and I hate to use this term, but I think we have seen a little bit of hesitancy to enter the betting market just because a lot of people aren't really quite sure that these bets that they're placing are on events that may take place. I do think it is kind of a little bit weird that uh, we are now in the part of the season as well, where generally speaking, it's a bit of a slowdown at Bavada historically. Anyways, this is where people are going on vacation. Baseball is enjoying a couple weeks of uh, exclusivity and then NFL preseason starts early August. The Olympics are starting a little bit later than usual. And I think, uh, not only just because of that, but because NHL went longer, NBA went longer. I mean, as an odds maker, it's great for me to have these events going bang, 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 especially last year when we were missing them from March until late July. But uh, I almost wonder if there's kind of like a betting fatigue or a great sport event. You know, we had Wimbledon just uh, wrap up as well. Great auto races every single day. It's just hitting us at all corners. So I think once this actually looks like it's occurring once we get to Friday, once we get to the weekend, we're going to see, uh, you know, a massive uptick in betting. And I, I mean, to some extent, we do see 
this uh, in traditional sports as well. The vast majority of betting on any event that we offer still occurs uh, the day of the event. And if you're talking about NFL, that's close to about 95% of our betting handles. So, you know, anecdotally, I can go back and say that early Sochi, early Rio, early Pyeongchang, yeah, we're still lower than them, but that doesn't mean that we can't rally, especially if it looks like uh, these events and these games themselves will take place mostly uninterrupted. See, what I worry about is the partisanship. You know, there's no secret that in the United States, things are so divided that mm-hmm. the Olympics used to be a patriotic rallying cry. You can go compare it to Canada, but I, I don't think it's apples to apples. And I just think that in this day and age, there isn't that. There isn't that hook. And I also think the time difference is a major difference because, you know, let's face it, gamblers are going to know the results sometimes 12 full hours before it airs on NBC. And I think that's a turn off more than a turn on. Yeah, and and, and that's a really good point as well. And I think one thing that uh, I can at least uh, speak to in Canada is that Canada's done a pretty good job in the last few Olympics of, Regardless of the time it's on, we're showing you the live gameplay. And I know NBC in recent years uh, got a little bit of grief from people that wanted to watch a lot of these events while they were occurring, not just watching them on the NBC primetime kind of special presentation of the Olympics. I think that's a really difficult thing uh, for even casual, uh, casual fans of the Olympics to try and not know what happened 12 hours ago when they're watching it for the first time. So I don't know if NBC has done uh, you know, a better job of cleaning that up and maybe streaming makes uh, a lot more of the Olympics that much more accessible. Uh, I, I will say though, uh, you know, the one thing that'll keep Americans uh, interested is the Americans dominate the Summer Olympics. They do really, really well at events like this. They are our favorites to win the most medals, the most gold medals, uh, which is funny because Canada generally has a better access to watching all these games. We don't really do Summer Olympics. You know, we eye those Winter Olympics each year, you know, with glee. Uh, you know, we get really excited about our hockey, our curling. You know, we even have a couple half-decent skiers. But when it comes to the Summer Olympics, I mean, we're, we're going to watch because there's going to be some really compelling TV, but... Yeah, it, it's mostly I, I think the fact that so many Americans are expected to do well in this will still be said. I think, listen, Democrat, Republican, up, down, left, right. Uh, I think everyone wants to cheer for America to be successful. They just maybe have different ideas of how they get there. But it's pretty black and white when it comes to a sporting event. Score more points than your opponent. You know, do the fancier horse riding thing than your opponent as well. If we're talking equestrian and every other sport in between, I, I think they will rally behind their athletes in the flag more than they won't. But that's, that's just my humble take. Hey, listen, I hope you're right. You know, I, I like the optimism. Um, I haven't, haven't shared it and, and we'll have to wait and see uh, what transpires. And next week we'll, we'll address the Olympics. I got to see this happen before I can start to get a feel uh, for any of this. Uh, how many people are watching, what the buzz is like, what the cancellations are like. And again, um, I think we've moved past that. You and I like, Last year, we were talking about cancellations a whole heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. This year, we're not doing that. We haven't talked about that when it comes to baseball and the, the NBA and the NHL, which recently completed and all these different things. We haven't been in that mode. And I just I see this and I feel like we're in last year. It doesn't feel like this year. Yeah, I, I, I do got to say, as someone that was just like eh, baseball for a good deal of last uh, three, four months, because there was so much else going on that uh, I was perturbed uh, that after three days of non-regular season gameplay anywhere for any sport, I was just thinking, oh, 
really Red Sox Yankees. You couldn't find a way to get that game in last Thursday night. And again, I was on vacation at my parents' place at that point. God love them. I run out of things to talk about after day four. So I was really excited to, you know, be able to have that Red Sox Yankees game as a distraction and dang it. If we didn't have a COVID cancellation there. Um, yeah. I, I guess one other point about the, the time, uh, in, in Japan that uh, it reminds me of the Sochi Olympics. Cause that's when I was trotting to the office out here at one o'clock in the morning to live trade all these hockey games that were taking place at ungodly hours. So fortunately, uh, and don't get me wrong. Nobody cries for the poor uh, Bavada odds maker who has to wake up early to try and make lines, and make money off of, but it is nice that uh, as we become more of a global company that we have folks in Europe and Asia situated to help take care of those odds. So fortunately for the most part, I can oversee it. I can talk about it with you, but I will still be doing my best to get a good deal of sleep and maybe watching those uh, primetime presentation hours instead of a lot of the live action. But you know what? If I find a bet, I'll be there two in the morning. Doesn't matter what time, but if not, uh, I'll probably be getting some shut eye. You know, the, 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 my favorite thing in sports that I saw this favorite form of sportsmanship, uh, was in England after the racist attacks on the three gentlemen who missed the penalty kicks in the Euro final against Italy mm. um, and how people have rallied. And one of the best things I saw on social media was Jason Sudeikis wearing a shirt with the first names of all three of those players uh, at the Ted Lasso premiere. Ted Lasso, which is a great show. You know, if you're Super an fun. American football fan or a European football fan, it's 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 hysterical, but it's also heartwarming and and it, and it's great. And what Jason Sudeikis did, I thought was really really admirable. Yeah, and and you know what I, you know, looking back to that England Italy game, um, you know, f- fantastic game, tough result if you're England, but. I, I do worry that, uh, you know, social media has this ability to really amplify the worst people and their worst takes. And uh, it, it's horrible what people were doing to uh, Marcus Rashford and the other two young kids. But goodness, yeah, yeah. No, no. Where's the criticism to Southgate for using his three substitutions at the end of extra time? And then having those three guys take shots when they didn't touch the ball for the entire game. As someone who played, you know, rep soccer, which don't get me wrong, I quit that at 16, got nods making because I was never going to be a professional soccer player. Uh, If you are not touching the ball and in motion, walking up there to take that first stiff kick in front of 90,000 in Wembley as a 19-year-old, I mean, it's easy to say results-based analysis. He he plays for Arsenal and he's, he's 19 years old. Yeah, like don't get me wrong, Rashford, he's been there, he's done that, and don't, and penalty Rashford, kicks are, yeah. are 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 lucky as hell, anyways. Like they roughly hit 80 percent of the time, and we actually offered those odds live at Bavada. Every individual uh, PK, you know, yes, no was offered that oh, wow. that championship match. So you could bet on each one. You know, we thought Rashford had really high odds fitting it, but so did everybody else. I mean. That is the brutality of penalty kicks in soccer is that there is going to be a scapegoat. And it's so rarely, uh, you know, talked about. How, how about if England doesn't just park the bus for 87 minutes or try to after scoring the first three minutes and actually keeps going against a world-class talent? Like, like there are so many people to blame instead of those poor kids. And in that very, uh, in the fifth shooter, that very much a kid at 19 years old, uh, it it was gross, but it's great to see the rallying around them. I I have to think, and from what I saw, and, you know, I have colleagues in the UK as well, the vast majority, majority of supporters, you know, love that team, love that run. And, 
penalty kicks is heartbreaking. Trying to put it on kids is silly. And I, I think, again, we elevated the worst of the worst. But don't get me wrong. I'm glad that we call out the worst of the worst when they act like that. Absolutely. Uh, it doesn't mean that they're representative of everyone, but it still means that, uh, you know, we need to call that out and stamp it out as quick as we see it. And it was great to see that solidarity around that. Uh, and, and But overall, uh, aside from that, just a great match too. Re- really great Euros. Probably one of the better soccer tournaments in the last uh, decade from start to finish with just, you know, a lot of compelling action back and forth, a lot of fun characters in it. So it's sad that it got tainted by that, but otherwise uh, it was a lot of fun from start to finish. I completely agree. Uh, One quick NFL note, uh, the Rams uh, Cam Akers has a torn Achilles, so he will miss the entire 2021 season. He was their leading rusher last year. Um, How does that change the odds on the Rams? And how does that change in terms of futures bets on what the Rams might do to replace him? Right. Yeah. So this is still uh, breaking. So it's, it's funny that you put that out there because we do have our guys uh, working on a prop bet for who will be the Rams uh, RB one to start the year. Uh, but in, in terms of futures, it actually hasn't moved the needle that much. And I know that may sound surprising, but I, I think it does speak to kind of this increasingly, uh, you know, the way running backs are almost seen as fungible replacement, uh, you know, the best running backs in the league, if you are, really not in that, that, that Derek Henry-esque zone. You don't really move the needle that much. Uh, and I think you see that as more and more teams do not actually uh, you know, spend a lot of money on running backs or they don't draft really high up for running backs anymore. So a- as a result, we didn't really see much movement in the LA Rams odds. They're, clear, they're still uh, 12 to 1 to win the Super Bowl, have not moved at all since the Cam Akers injury. And the Aaron Rodgers saga continues. Uh, he rejected a big uh, uh, contract extension with Green Bay. What are the odds on where he winds up? Yeah, it's gosh, it's really tough because I'm an Aaron Rodgers fan. Uh, I, you know, I used to like the Green Bay Packers, but now I don't really, I'm not really a fan of many teams like the Leafs, and that's not really doing anything for me these days as well. I, you know, I, I still maintain that I would love to see a player of his caliber uh, go absolutely anywhere except Green Bay. I, uh, I, I think that franchise has wasted a good deal of his, of his prime, certainly his prime. Uh, that's a guy who should have at least two, if not three Super Bowls under his belt. As it currently stands, uh, if he were to be moved, we still do have the Denver Broncos as minus 150 favorites at Bovada to have the rights to Aaron Rodgers' service this year. I think it'd be a great mix for him. I think it's, you know, a lot of upside in that division and the Broncos, you know, they really need that at quarterback, you know, whether it's Bridgewater or Drew Luck, that's not going to be, uh, neither one of those guys is going to be the, the guy under center to get the the Broncos over the hump. So I think it's a good move. I think, uh, you know, the Broncos have, uh, you know, a track record of QBs later in life going there and having success. And I think uh, that would be the smart move for all things around. I think, I still don't understand when the Packers drafted a QB in the first round uh, two years ago. That was the writing on the wall to really just not just say that, you know, there was clearly some kind of fractured relationship there. But I think that front office just hasn't had a good idea in 15, 20 years. Uh, you know, it's it's a great story, the the city owning the team, but it is they've got to get with the 21st century. They've got to get some outside firms building stuff up. They've got to be embracing analytics more. Uh, I hope uh, Green Bay, I hope uh, Rodgers is able to find success elsewhere. And like I said, uh, yeah, currently the Broncos minus 150 faves at Bovada to land his services. 
All right. So that'll uh, do it for our NFL look. And uh, again, uh, we're just hopeful that the Olympics get going because next week we'll do a uh, second half of the baseball season. Some more stuff on that. Uh, plus all the Olympic action as we get closer to NFL training camps opening up. There'll be more injuries and we'll see the uh, adverse effect on that. Uh, we're going to put you to work, Mr. Morrow. <laughs> Good to be back. That's Patrick Morrow. I'm Seth Everett. This is the Bavada at Odds podcast. We will be with you next week. Thank you.